Hey, what's up, uh, all you Doomers? Welcome to the Dr. Doom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. Trying out something new today. Um, you may have noticed we missed, well, we missed an episode yesterday. We might have missed two days. I can't remember. It's been a busy week. Um, but uh, I did treat myself at the end of this week, despite, you know, stock market being down, my life savings being depleted. I decided I'm going to buy a new microphone and a microphone arm. So I'm like a pro podcaster now. So if you like the quality, send me a little note at, uh, we'll, we'll keep using the sister podcast for now, one foot in the grave podcast at gmail.com. The reason I uh, decided to splurge a little bit has to do with, um, well, a little surprise that uh, was waiting for me on my uh, login here on my analytics. This podcast has a bunch of new listeners. So uh, it had 147 listens in the last uh, week or so. And there were like uh, 30 listens yesterday. And none of them were me. <laughs> it wasn't me checking it because I was too busy. So uh, we've got um, a good contingent in the United States now, which is pretty cool. Um, also, happy Independence Day to my... Uh, friends down south and uh, happy Canada Day to my compatriots up here in the great white north. Um, I tried to do a phone episode but uh, I kept getting called so I think I'm going to do that same story on the just using the new podcast setup. So if the sound is a little bit off I'll tweak it based on how this one goes but if it's not terrible I'll still put it out there. You know how it is. Um, There's just not a lot of time. And in the background, if you hear a woman screaming, that's my son playing Xbox. Um, To bring you up to date, uh, my brother is home from Australia. And, uh, oh, sorry about the dog. Uh, He's home from Australia, and we're going to do an episode of One Foot in the Grave podcast. It's pretty fun to listen to. It's, um, he's a, uh, I think probably an unintentional comedic genius more than anything. But, But we have a pretty good time. Um, on that one. So it, it's it's always worth a listen. He's always got funny stories. And uh, since he got stuck flying around the world with all the airports and chaos and everything, I'm sure he'll have some good stories for that one. Um, today I'm going to tell you about, uh, well, I'm going to tell you about my uh, biochemistry course that I did leading up to the MCATs. Again, we got to get in the way back machine. I'm taking you back to the early 2000s well, late 1990s, early 2000s. I was a uh, young science student (laughs) at an East Coast university, and I was trying to cram my Bachelor of Science degree into three years instead of four. And to do that, you have to do a certain core amount of course load that involves like physics, biology, and chemistry. And chemistry gets broken down into physical chemistry and organic chemistry. And I was majoring biology, so I had to do a heck of a lot of like biology I think I can't remember exactly how it worked but there was like cellular biology plants animals (laughs) you know just all the categories of biology you would imagine Uh, marine biology was one of them and I still love biology and I wish I I long for the days if you're in that phase right now and you're like god I can't wait to be done these fucking classes (laughs) just know that when you're in your 40s you'll long for the days when you were able to go to interesting courses and learn new things and um, because life becomes a uh, absolute dreary 
fucking <laughs> nightmare of drudgery. Uh, just doing the same thing over and over again every day just to keep your family alive. All that aside, <laughs> it's not so bad. Um, no, every every face has its good points. It's not all bad. But uh, I'm taking you back to uh, my biology degree because I didn't have biology at that time was separate from biochemistry and a big portion of the MCATs was based on biochemistry and I didn't have any biochemistry background. So between my second year and my third year, I had to do something called an intercession course in biochemistry, only it wasn't offered at my university. And uh, it was offered at a university about an hour's drive away from my parents' house, an hour and 15 minutes. And my summer job started um, June 1st, and this course went um, from May 1st until like June 15th. So for the first two weeks of my summer job, my routine was that I asked them, can I work late in the day? So I would uh, wake up in the morning, drive to Fredericton, New Brunswick. The, the course was at the University of New Brunswick in Fredericton. Um, I, I'd wake up at five, drive there. You sit in class like till, I think it was like till one in the afternoon from eight till one. You'd cover about, oh, maybe a week's worth of coursework every day. Maybe a little less, obviously, because it was, you know, there were enough days. I don't know how it worked out. Two or three days worth of coursework. And then I would drive back. Uh, I would immediately go to work. I'd work until 930 at night. And then I would study that night and try and uh, memorize the textbook. I'm actually looking at the textbook over there. It's called Stryker, Stryker Biochemistry. The uh, fellow teaching the course was named uh, Dr. C., and he was a quite a character. He used to run marathons and stuff. I think he might still do it, although he'd be in his eighties now. Um, but uh, I was I was in the class with a, another fella who ended up in my med school class named Jamie. And Jamie was this larger than life guy. He was hilarious. He was he, not fat, but just a big guy. Um, and he laughed, and he had a contagious laugh that was very much the same laugh as John Candy has in Uncle Buck. And he reminded me a lot of John Candy. Anyway, um, we were doing this course and, uh, and it was, everybody was driving from all over the place to do it. A lot of people were doing the same thing as me. We wanted to get into medical school and we knew we needed this for the MCATs. So, um, everybody was really fucking tired by the time we got around to like the third or fourth week of coursework. And you're studying until like one, two in the morning. And then trying to keep your summer job on top of that. It, it was tough. Like, this is me complaining. I know most people's lives are tougher than mine. But that's tough for me because I'm a wimp. Um, but but other people were struggling too. And so we had, um, we were about halfway through the course. And uh, we were doing a session on uh, cellular biology. And like, it was a lot of math. You had to, like, it was simple math, but you had to determine the volume of a corpuscle, right? And, and we were talking about mean corpuscular volumes and cells like blood cells are basically, you know, they're kind of biconcave discs, but you can kind of estimate them as a cylinder. And so we were doing the math of that. It was just like, you know, it would, it would kind of bore you to tears anyway. Um, and, uh, and Jamie started falling asleep and I didn't know him at the time. I just remember 
this this big guy who used to laugh like I loved the way he laughed but I, I was shy right I didn't introduce myself to anybody that sounds kind of like I was into him uh, in a different way than I was but I you know I didn't have a lot of friends and I, I, I was like I'd like to be friends with that guy he's nice <laughs> anyway they're doing this lecture and Jamie started falling asleep and uh, and so Dr. C he always had um, back in those days we were right between the PowerPoint era and the writing on a chalkboard era. Um, I think we were in the slide projector era. era. So we had this uh, big like white thing that you'd pull down. It was like a projector, projector screen. He'd pull that down and the slides would come up on that. And, uh, and it, was, it made a lot of noise. Like it was this like really firm plastic backed material. So when you whacked it or when you hit it, it would go whap like nice and you know nice and crisp <laughs> and so dr c would always walk around and he had a uh, pointer and he would point at the thing and if he saw somebody falling asleep or if somebody got the wrong answer and he was frustrated with how big an idiot we were he would whap it on the point that he was trying to make whap up whap wake up wake up <laughs> peter wake up jamie you know whatever um and so this time jamie fell asleep and he started snoring and dr c um, hauled back on his thing and just whacked the uh, the projector screen but his pointer, his big long pointer was like a pool cue kind of but thinner went right through it this time and in behind on top of the uh, on top of the chalkboard that was behind the projector screen were fluorescent lights so that you could turn the lights down in the place, leave the fluorescent lights on and, uh, and then you could see what was on the chalkboard but his uh, the lights were on and his uh, thing went into the socket of the fluorescent light, like broke the bulb. And I don't, I don't imagine he got shocked, but there was a big snap of like electricity and then glass dust went everywhere. And he, Dr. C who was in at that time in his late sixties, jumped and tucked and rolled and uh, landed on his back in the aisle uh, between Jamie and I. And the whole class went completely dead quiet. And we weren't sure if he'd been electrocuted or if he'd been hurt. Nobody knew what happened. And it was dead silence for about, uh, like, I would say 10 seconds. And then Jamie, who had woken up, said, Holy shit! <laughs> Doesn't sound that funny. In it, but it was just the way he said it. And the way it broke the silence it was great. Um, anyway, later on in that course, so... I, uh, just by the nature of how this course worked, I had to cram, uh, just cram the material into my brain because it was, I was studying, like I said, I was working until I think like eight or nine at night, uh, getting the, uh, I was working at a rowing club at the time and I was like getting it ready. I was doing the afternoon coaching sessions. I was coaching, uh, high school students. Um, and I had to like get the boat in, get, you know, get them coached get them out, get the boat out, drain the gas, do the blah, blah, blah. And it was, I was tired. And then I'd have to come home and study. So the exam came up really quick. I think it was only a six week course. And, uh, and so on the day of the exam, I mean, I had, oh, that's my son. Uh, on the day of the exam, I had memorized all this stuff, but I hadn't, uh, I hadn't adequately studied, I felt. So I asked my mom, I said, mom, it would mean a huge amount to me if you could drive me uh, up to the up to the exam because I got to study in the car on the way up. The exam starts at eight. They close the door at eight fifteen, and uh, 
and do you mind waking up early? Cause I just, I just want to like review one last time, review my notes. This was like at midnight and I was exhausted. Yeah, no problem. So the next morning she woke me up and, uh, I got in the car and I just started studying. Like I was going through my notes and I was kind of lost in it. I was like, just, you know, you know how you do, you recite the information to yourself mentally over and over again. So that when you go to, cause biochemistry, I don't know if you've ever done it, but you have to write out all the pathways. Like there's the Krebs cycle, how you make ATP, but there was all kinds of things. We had to know how bumblebees warm up their wings. We had to know what each cycle was on a cellular level. And you had to knew, know all the enzymes and you had to know, um, the things that, uh, you know, the ingredients for every equation and, and you had to draw them out. And I was, uh, God, I was, I can't believe I was able to memorize it because now if I had to do that with the existence of YouTube and, and everything else, I can't imagine I would be able to pay attention. So kudos to you if you're doing that right now and able to pass those courses, why we had to know every step of the Krebs cycle. I couldn't, uh, I've never used it since to be honest. I don't think I've ever done anything that directly involved ATP, uh, or NADH <laughs> since, since, uh, writing it on this exam. But, uh, anyway, that's all beside the point. So mom was driving me and, um, you know, from our city, there are two ways. Um, they're basically Fredericton was North and West of where we were going. There's another city, uh, North or just straight West, uh, called St. Stephen. And, we were in the car and so we started driving at, oh, I would say it's six 30 to get there for eight. Uh, and it's an hour and 15 minute drive. So that gave us 15 minutes of leeway. And as we were driving, um, and I was studying, we'd been in the car about 50 minutes, five zero. And my mom said, wow, I can't believe Gary has to drive all this way to work every day. And I thought that's weird. Our neighbor, Gary, oh, that's the NDB calling me. I'm not taking your goddamn phone call. Can't talk right now. Um, our neighbor, Gary, worked at uh, Point La Pro, which is out towards St. Stephen. And it didn't register to me right away. I was still studying and studying. And then I thought, Gary, Gary has to drive out here? Why not? Is she talking about Point La Pro? I don't drive past Point La Pro on my way to UMB Fredericton. I said, uh, mom, did you, are we going to Fredericton? And she looked at me with just like terror in her eyes and realization dawned on her that we were on the highway to St. Stephen. We were going the wrong direction. So we tried to do the quick map. This was before the days of GPS. And, uh, she thought, well, if I drive to St. Stephen and then go north to Fredericton, St. Stephen to Fredericton is an hour and 10 minutes. We are 30 minutes from St. Stephen. If I turn around, if I can get turned around on the highway, it'll be 45 minutes back to the turnoff, but then it's only 45 minutes back to Fredericton. Anyway, the way it worked, we finally found a turnoff. We did turn around. We drove back. I was just in a sweat. <laughs> this guy, Dr. C was uh, as a professor, he was an, an amazing teacher, but an extreme hard ass when it came to like, you know, just being late, all that stuff. So I was on time. I was methodical. I had been a plus pupil all the way. And now this, 
So, um, so we got there at 8.28, I walked in the door just as he was getting up to close it. And he said, I thought you weren't coming <laughs> at the New England accent. And I said, uh, no, I'm so sorry, Dr. C. Well, I called him by his real name. Uh, I said, my, I, I asked my mom to drive me this morning and, uh, and she, she went to St. Stephen. I, I'm coming from here and I'm so sorry. It's, it's my fault. Ah, uh, blame your mother. That's not going to get you any trick, <laughs> any extra marks on this test, young man. <laughs> I, said, I know. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm not giving you any extra time. I hope you're aware of that. Said, yeah, no, I understand. I'm very sorry. So I went in. He let me write the test. Thank God. And, uh, and in the end, it was fine. I got, I got a good mark on it. But, um, but he talked to me afterwards and he said, I didn't think you were going to pass. I thought, I thought you had chickened out at the last minute. <laughs> no, no, sir. Just, uh, just got lost. <laughs> anyway, one of those stressful moments. Um, but overall, you know, the good memory, good times with mom. Right now, mom and my brother and, uh, uh, my, uh, niece and nephew and my sister-in-law are all up in Pugwash, Nova Scotia, getting ready for July 1st, which is tomorrow. They have a big Canada Day thing there. Canada Day has fallen out of favor because of political correctness and because of Aboriginal relations and that kind of thing. Indi- I should have probably said the wrong word, Indigenous relations, First Nations relations. But to me, every country has its warts. You know, these are not that bad places to live. Canada, the U.S. Celebrate, celebrate your country. You know, warts and all. All right. Um, well, that's it for that story. I think, uh, I think maybe there'll be another one following this one. I do have a, a good follow-up on this one is even a further back in the way back machine this takes me back to uh, my high school days so I was in a high school chemistry course um, I believe it would have been like a grade 11 chemistry course and we were discussing the conductivity of ions this is a very short story by the way um, so for those who aren't uh, of a science background um, certain ions will uh, conduct electricity better than others. So, you know, if, if you have a charged particle, um, yeah, you can conduct electricity in a solution. So salt water, for example, will co- conduct electricity better than regular water, distilled water. Um, so we were, uh, trying to prove that in our lab. And, uh, and so I said, well, you know what? I, uh, I, I already know this. I can uh, slack off a little bit, take a little extra time for lunch. And uh, then I'll just like wander into the lab afterwards because I already did this in the year before when we did chemistry. So I was thinking I was quite smart. I, uh, I was late to the lab. I made my excuses, as you do. And, um, and I, when we came into the lab, uh, the experiment was already underway. And so I read the instructions and it said, uh, today we are determining the conductivity of different materials. There's sugar, there's salt, um, there was something else, uh, sulfur. And so I said, okay, 
I got this. And we had beakers and we had the materials. And so I poured salt in my beaker. And the way you were gonna test the uh, conductivity was that you were gonna uh, plug in a uh, incomplete circuit uh, with a light bulb attached to it. And underneath the light bulb, instead of a wire uh, connecting the positive and negative terminals, there was uh, just two prongs. And the idea would be that you would put those prongs in whatever solution you made and the light bulb would turn on if it was conductive because it completed the circuit and it would not turn on if there were no anions and cations and whatever to complete the circuit. This is a long roundabout way of telling a very short story, but um, what, what I did wrong, <laughs> where this all went tits up, was that um, I filled a beaker with salt uh, and I'm not as smart as I thought I was and I stuck the prongs in the beaker full of salt and uh, nothing happened. Um, the beaker just kind of, you know, the, the light bulb didn't turn on and I thought, oh, I thought that would conduct electricity. And then I looked around and everybody had liquid in their beakers and I thought, oh, right. Yeah, it has to be in solution, doesn't it? So I pulled out the prongs, but the prongs were covered in salt. And I thought, well, that's no good because the prongs are metal. What if it causes corrosion or whatever? I'll just tap the prongs off. No big deal. Tap the prongs off and then start the experiment again. I'd missed the instructions, so I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't uh, versed in uh, the full safety measures of this experiment. And so I, like a genius, like the genius that I am, I grabbed the device by the light bulb and whapped the prongs against a Bunsen burner nozzle that was sticking out of the lab bench. And as soon as they touched the metallic object, the light bulb exploded in my hand. There was an arc and a flash. <laughs> I was electrocuted. Uh, my arm wrenched back and I got glass in my hand. Uh, but thankfully not in my eyes. I wasn't wearing glasses or anything. I uh, wrenched my arm back like just, you know, from the electrical shock or whatever. And all the power went out in the school. And I blew the, um, uh, whatever it's called, the, the it, it wasn't, you know, it was before the circuit breaker system, it was a fuse system. I blew the fuse for the lab and I think I triggered some sort of breaker and all the power went out. And uh, yeah, they came to talk to me after and they said, that's why you're supposed to show up on time. There's a safety element to uh, experimenting in the lab. <laughs> I've got one more uh, quick one for you here. This is a uh, another lab story, also from high school. I've got this uh, teacher named Mr. McKeel, who was just a, the coolest guy. I loved him. He was a physics teacher, uh, but he also did a little bit. He dabbled in chemistry. And um, you know what? This might have even been in junior high. This was quite a while ago. Uh, but one of the experiments was... Um, about dissolve, uh, you know, making solutions and how excited, um, oh God, what do you call it? Substrate can dissolve more of a, or an excited solvent can dissolve more of a, uh, oh Lord, what's the other word? Solvent and, uh, 
well, fuck, it's sugar anyway, is what we were working with. So the way that he wanted to test this was uh, he was going to heat up a glass beaker full of water. Like he'd, he'd fill it with sugar, fill water with sugar until the sugar precipitated out of the water. So there, you couldn't get any more sugar into the water. And then he would start heating it up and he would show you uh, progressively that with more heat, um, you could dissolve more sugar in the water. And uh, things were going great guns. <laughs> it was a big beaker and he had a kilogram of sugar and uh and the water and it was getting hotter and hotter and it was like steaming and he was on a bunsen burner it should be said uh and he was getting pretty excited about like he was like i've never gotten this much sugar to dissolve this is great and i think in his mind it was going to be cool like afterwards because it was all going to solidify into like this i don't know giant sugar crystal i don't know what he why he was so excited but he kept adding more and more sugar and uh and finally um, as he was adding more and more sugar, the bottom of the, uh, of the beaker melted. It just fully let go. And this, uh, superheated, sh- uh, sugar water <laughs> exploded all over him, all over the classroom. He, uh, fortunately didn't burn him through his clothes, which I was surprised by. And I think it was just, most of it had just immediately flashed to steam, but, um, but like, the front row of people all had burns. They all had to <laughs> get their skin looked at and like sugar water really burns, right? It sticks <laughs> really burn your skin. Um, it, it was quite a, it was quite a fantastic experiment failure and uh, still one of my favorite ones I've ever seen. None of us, by the way, were wearing safety glasses or anything. So I guess we got lucky. Um, mostly it was just a bunch of excited kids hooting and hollering as, as you can imagine when things go, uh, catastrophically wrong. Um, like, you know, you know, when the, when they blow up the hydrogen balloon and then the uh, sprinkler system kicks on, everyone loves that. Everyone loves a little chaos introduced into their day. Even now as a full grown adult, every once in a while, when the fire alarm goes off at work, I'm like, oh yeah, a little chaos. Well, that's pretty much it for this episode. It was kind of a weird one, wasn't it? Um, I was trying to recall some medical stories uh, because I've got, I mean, I've, I've been working in medicine for years, years and years for more than half my life. And, uh, and surely I have some good stories to share, but the problem is when you're talking about an individual patient, I worry that somebody will complain. Um, now when I think about like Oliver Sacks writing, you know, the, the man who mistook his wife for a hat, like, I've got all kinds of stories like that, but I find them more sad. But he does talk about, you know, um, individual patients, but he just assigns them a different name. But I feel like people can kind of, I'm from a small enough community that I'm worried that you could kind of figure out who I'm talking about if, if you if you were familiar with the system here. And I don't want that to happen, you know what I mean? So I try to keep it more broad. Most of these stories are about how I'm an idiot. Um, the most recent one was about how my teacher did an idiotic thing, but you know, I've done stuff like that too. I think that's, it's all part of, uh, part of life. It's the spice of life or the sugar of life. Anyway, um, kind of a weird episode. Let me know, um, if you're, uh, digging the new sound, if it doesn't sound good, I'll try and fix it. I'm going to listen to it afterwards. In the meantime, stay healthy, stay classy. See you later. Thank you.